Thank you, Heidi and Melissa. Appreciate that. Grab your Bibles, turn with me, 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. We get back to our series entitled, What is Church? We are focusing on the aspect described as the church of Christ being the body. And I, I'd like to remind you, we've had a couple of weeks off here in the Easter, the week before, but the delight and excitement of this study is found in the fact that we as a church are a living organism that God has designed us and equipped us for abundant life together in this setting known as the church. And I, I think there's something to be said about that. You know, a, a, as with anything in life, um, we should want to get the most out of anything. H- have you ever had an appliance or maybe a vehicle or, or maybe some of, you, uh, some of us older folks, maybe you got a new phone and you didn't know all that it could do? And that younger generation, i.e. your five-year-old grandchild, uh, seven-year-old comes along and they show you how to push buttons on that phone and, wow, I, I didn't know it could do that. Or you discover a button on a car and like, whoa, I, didn't, I, or I, I knew it could do that, but I didn't know how. Can, can I tell you, I, I truly believe that God wants our study on the church to be that type of spiritual epiphany for us. For us to discover, okay, what is the role of the church in my life as a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ? Brother Aaron brought it out in the song that we sang. Our looking forward is to Christ coming and taking us home with him. But in the meantime, God is giving us this place, the church, the family, the living organism in which we are to be connected so that we can thrive spiritually, so that we can have abundant life. God desires the church to be of a vital importance. It's part of his master design for you and for me at this time, the age in which we live. Um, It's truly supposed to be the spiritual hub of life here on earth. As we have seen God describe the church as the body, we might say that the church is the heart of the spiritual life here on earth. That's why it is important, as you are doing even today, that we do not, as the Bible says, we do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. I take that serious. I hope you do too. Uh, maybe you, you saw this headline this week. It, it, it's, a, it's a headline that captures your attention, and in some ways it thrills my heart as a pastor. Here is the title of the article. Phoenix mother uses stun gun to wake son for church. I'm thinking, that got my attention. This one got my attention. I'm like, I like this. This could go in a good direction, or it could go very bad. (laughs) Here's the article. Notice it. A Phoenix woman shocked her teenage son with a stun gun to wake him for church services on Easter, authority said. Phoenix (laughs) police arrested 40-year-old Sharon Dobbins, on suspicion of child abuse Sunday morning after a 17-year-old son alerted authorities. The teen did not complain of any pain, but told police he had two small bumps on his leg where he was shocked, according to police documents. And Dobbins said she did not shock her son. She only used the noise from the stun gun to wake her two sons, who were refusing to get up for church, she said. Her statement, I don't think I did anything wrong because you're supposed to put God first and that's all I was trying to tell my kids to put God's first, Dobbins told the TV station. The teen told police he was unwilling to testify against his mother and he did not want to prosecute according to police documents. Dobbins was taken to jail later release. She scheduled appeal in court later this month. Police seized the stun gun uh, as evidence. Now notice this. Here's, here's the last statement. This is her statement. 
Nobody writes a book on the correct way of parenting, Dobbin said. I tell my sons to honor thy mother and thy father or their days will be shortened, and that's my favorite. I think she doesn't realize she's not supposed to shorten their life, but anyway. Okay, I believe in going to church, but don't take it that far, okay? Don't get a stun gun. I mean, that would be exciting, exciting Sunday morning. I get it. Um, I think it's important. I would not encourage you to go that far, but I do think that we spiritually and physically allow too many things to hinder us from being at church and ministering to the church. See, physically, we can allow things to come up, but even spiritually, we allow things to get in our way so that when we come into church, we're not fulfilling what the church is called to do. We come and we sit on, uh, in a pew, we come and we just do our thing, and we aren't really fulfilling what God designed the church to be. Being here physically is a good step, but we need to be here spiritually too. We need to be serving and ministering. We'll get into that and develop how God describes what the body ought to do this day. Uh, Suffice it to say, real quick, we've described it this way in our study of the church. Number one, as the family of Christ, we find ourselves, the church, enjoying our shared common identity in Christ and the relational intimacy to which we are called. There is something special about the relationship God would have us to have here in the setting of the church. Secondarily, we saw this, and this is what we developed the last couple sermons. As the body of Christ, we find ourselves, the church, called to be mutually dependent while entrusted with differing roles to proclaim and serve our Lord. Look with me, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We focused in on verses 12 through 14 in our study a couple weeks ago. Notice verse 12. For as the body is one, this is 1 Corinthians 12, 12. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. Literally, the church is his body. He's the head. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether uh, we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Verse 14, for the body is not one member, but many. Now we looked at the beginning of this chapter 2, and we talked about being baptized in the same spirit. We're all the same spirit. The spirit is the one who gave us gifts. Real quick, you remember uh, we came up with these six things, conclusions, observations from this passage already. Number one, the church is a body, a body being made up of many different members. Number two, every member is uniquely gifted and blessed through the ministry of that Holy Spirit. Then number three, we said this, the gifts given to every member are for the profit of the entire body. We developed that a little bit. We'll develop it a little bit more this morning. Number four, within the body of Christ, there is unity in the midst of diversity. Great point. Again, we'll develop that a little bit more this morning too. Number five, our unity is found in the organized working together of diverse roles for the singular purpose of fulfilling the desires and impulses of the head of the body. And who is the head of the church? It is Jesus Christ. So we're working together, diversely unified to fulfill what Christ wants to accomplish here on earth. The kingdom of God brought to earth through the church. That's God's plan. And then number six, we saw this, the unified purpose of the church and body. And this is what we ended up in. Great truth is for the church, the body to serve Christ and to proclaim Christ. That's where we left off. Acknowledging that what the community of Fostoria, and you can name every community that we have our fingers in or we have our members in, every community, what they are going to know about God and Christ 
is what they see in the body. The visible revealing the invisible. Jesus Christ, God. And so it's us, the church. What they know about God is what they know about us. Uh, Every member of this church, it's God's plan for the world to know him through his body. Now, we want to add some observations to this simple truth and a couple more observations. Let's look down at the passage. Let's look at verse 15 now. Let's continue in the passage. Uh, Verse 15, we'll read down through verse 18. Uh, If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye... That's pretty grotesque, wouldn't it? If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where were the smelling? But how? But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body, notice it, as it hath pleased who? Him. Him. His design, his plan, he has placed them because it pleases him. This will be a theme throughout the message this morning. Notice it. Let me... Paul said this, and he described in verse 14, where many members that work as one. We've seen that certainly in verse 12 too, 14 and 12. They're saying that though we are many members, individual, diverse, we live and work for the Lord, serve the Lord as one. Yet we have problems if we forget that we are different by design. And we forget that the same design dictates that we be one together. Paul sums it up here uh, in this passage. We are but one body. Now notice, here's the next observation. Let's tie it all together and kind of develop it. Number seven, diversity among the members does not suggest inferiority, but rather enables the body to be multifaceted, enhanced, and successful in fulfilling the wishes of its head. Okay, I'm going to leave that up there a little longer than I normally do. I got in trouble, I think, last week. Somebody said I have to, they had to keep taking pictures with their phone just to get all the notes, okay? So if you want to write it, copy it. I'm going to leave it up there. Okay, I'm trying not to click the, uh, the clicker. All right, but notice what we're saying. Here's the point. There are different gifts or differences in our gifts and responsibilities, and yet those differences make us better. They make us better. It would be very boring if in our orchestra, everybody played the same instrument. It would be very boring if every choir member sang the same part. It really would, if you think about it. It adds things to it when you have different instruments. I like the different instruments. Boy, last week, we had the the brass ensemble. Man, that was tremendous, you know, beautiful. I I love the different instruments, the strings, the brass. I mean, uh, it's fantastic. I love the fact that we have basses, and we have uh, sopranos, and we have all the different pounds, our altos, and uh, everything in between. I left out tenors, and tenors too, okay? We're grateful for them. Why? Because it enhances everything. I sure am thankful that my body has two hands and two feet and a couple ears and a nose and two eyes. Why? Because it makes this body better. As Paul said, if we were all eyes, if the body was just full of eyes, we don't call that a human. We call that a monster. And it doesn't work well. That's, the, that, that's not good. Yet God in his master design, he designed it to be better, enhanced, multifaceted. But at the same time, he, it does not say they're inferior to the other. I mean, if we had to use our hands for everything, 
Everything we do be a little odd, weird. I mean, you, you think about it. How worn out would your hands be if you had to walk every place on your hands? If you had no feet? I mean, that, that's, some of you might say, oh, I can walk on my hands. Yeah, but try to do it all day, everywhere you go. It would wear out the head. Hey, how about this? What if, what if you had to smell with your ear today? You say, well, that's, number one, very awkward. You, know, you walk in after lunch, and there's an apple pie. Hey, that smells good. <laughs> Stick, it's a little weird. You okay? <laughs> you feeling all right? You know? I, I mean, honestly, that seems a little weird, right? I mean, that, you don't smell with your ear. I sure am thankful that we have many parts. Uh, you and I ought to look at our physical body, yay, the spiritual body of Christ, and we have to realize, wait a minute, if it weren't diverse, it would not be nearly as effective as it is at God, as God designed it. So it ought to cause us to praise God for the nose. Praise God for the ear, for the hands, the foot, the liver, the kidney, the gallbladder. None are inferior. All are needed, diverse members of the body. The problem is sometimes a member of the body can get a sense of inferiority. So where does it develop from? Well, first of all, verses 15 and 16, we read them. It kind of tells us that some members can develop an inferiority complex within themselves. Did you catch it? Verse 15, if the foot shall say, well, I'm not the hand because I am not the hand. I am not of the body. Is it therefore not the body? So the foot looks at, well, I'm not as good as the hand. In our common context, you and I might, it might be an attitude of this. Well, I don't have that gift. I don't have that role or position at the church. I'm not in the limelight. I don't have authority. I'm not the one in charge. I'm not the one that's this or that. Therefore, I'm not important to the body. In fact, the body can operate just fine without me, so I must not be part of the body. That's literally what Paul is presenting here. And sometimes that can creep up into our thinking. Uh, who am I? I? I'm just a, uh, yeah, I'm a member, but barely that. I, 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 I'm not in the limelight. I don't get the accolades, the praise. I don't get, the, I don't have that gift. I, I'm not up there singing. I'm not up there playing. I'm not doing this. I, I'm not teaching. And then all of a sudden we get this inferiority complex. May I just put it bluntly this morning, make it very clear. The body of Christ, this local church needs every member. Just like your body needs every part of it, every organ, every member of your body, this local church, this body of Christ needs every member. But we need every member healthy, functioning in a way that makes the body strong and solid in proclaiming God. You see, we don't need our members to be ones who are sick and unhealthy diseased with an inferiority complex that all too often is really rooted in self-pitying pride. So lose the inferiority complex. Find your gift. Find your niche. Discover your role and responsibility within the body and then go to it. Perform it like the body's life and well-being depends on it. But pastor, I'm just a nursery worker. Can I tell you? The church depends on you. Hey, I clean the buildings. The church depends on you. Hey, I'm just an usher. The church depends on you. Our healthiness is dependent on how well you perform the role and responsibility that God has given you. You are needed. Even to the point of, well, I I don't have an official role. I, I just like to get out and greet people in the pews. Can I tell you? Our church needs you, member. He needs you. 
Maybe you're the member that's out in the, in the world through the week and you're handing out tracts, you're inviting. The church needs you. Every member is needed. Our life and our well-being depends upon every member. Furthermore, let me ask you this. What happens when parts of the body begin to fight against each other? What happens when one part attacks the other or they begin to compete one against another? You know, there are th- times when things aren't right in our bodies, uh, our physical bodies, and, and this has happened before, people's immune system starts attacking itself. We know of diseases and sicknesses that cause that, where an immune system, uh, one's own body starts attacking itself. It leads certainly to bad health, sickness, unhealthiness, and sometimes in the worst situations, it can be what? Fatal. It can be fatal. Paul says something about how this can happen in the body. Look down with me. Look at verse 21. Notice how Paul describes it. He says this, And the eye cannot say unto the hand, so here's some division, I have no need of thee, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Well, remember, this, is, this passage is all about one being one body, diverse, yet equal in importance and value and need. And yet here's the second place where trouble can arise within the body with this idea of inferiority. You know, secondly, number one, it can develop within us. We can kind of look around and and kind of compare ourselves and and feel sorry for ourselves that we don't get to do that, we don't get to do this, no one asked me to do that, and we have an inferiority, I don't have that gift. But it can also come from the outside, Paul says. In other words, number two, a member can cause another member to feel inferior. And that's literally what happened in verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't have any need for you. And that's some harsh words, isn't it? I mean, the, the eye, look, I, don't, I don't need you. That would not go well in a marriage. That would not go well in any other relationship that God has designed. And yet he's saying here, that doesn't work. Pretty harsh. We might not see, we might not see your hand, taking the analogy, we might not see your hand attacking your ear, pulling on it, your hand saying to your ear that it's not a hand, so it's not worth anything. But what about this? Think about it. Let's think the analogy, analogy through and kind of put it into a context. What if your eye and your foot got into a competition? In other words, the eye and the foot, one of them, they both wanted to have preeminence. It's interesting. First John, or third John, chapter one, verse nine, I think it is, there was a man named Diotrephes. There, John says, wait a minute, Diotrephes, he wanted to have the preeminence. In the church and in that ministry, well, he, he wanted to be number one. And because of it, he resisted John. He would not receive him. And listen to me, he hurt the body of Christ in that location because of it. Because why? Well, John says it. He wouldn't have the preeminence. You know, in Philippians chapter 4, we've read it before. There, Paul has to address two ladies, Yodius and Syntyche. Yodius and Syntyche, he encourages them to be of the same mind. See, something was going on. Maybe they were fighting over uh, who was going to lead this ministry and who was going to do this, who was going to be in charge. I don't know what it was. He just looks at them and writes in the holy writ of scriptures. He says this, Yodius, Syntyche, you need to come together. Start acting like a body. Start acting like one. So what if, as we see as it happened in the New Testament church, and it can creep up in the churches of today, no doubt. What if, like that, the foot and the eye are in competition? In other words, like Diotrephes, they wanted to have the, the preeminence. 
What if your foot said to your eye, okay? In fact, you're sitting there in your pew, and let's just have a little fun with it. Right before, after I pray, and we we are dismissed, your foot, uh, your eye, excuse me, your foot says to your eye, it says something to this effect. Well, I, I don't have any need for you. I, you're no good to me. Okay, this is all while you're sitting there in the pew. First of all, it may make you wonder if you overhear the conversation. But anyway, let's just say that transpired. Okay, so the I in response, okay, I adopt, adopts and embraces this sense of inferiority. He decides, fine. The I does, fine. I don't, I don't have to take that. If I'm not wanted and appreciated, then I'm done serving the body. I'm not doing any good anyway. That's just what that verse said. So what happens? Well, you get out, and, and, and let's say yeah, you start to walk, and in your path along comes a step or some other kind of obstacle. And the eye says this. <laughs> That's it. I'm not, part of, I'm not acting like a part of the body anymore. I'm not going to tell the foot what's there. Nope, nope, no, nope, I'm not good. I, I can't do anything. And so your eye says, I'm not going to tell the foot. So you're walking along. You don't see the step. You don't see the obstacle. All of a sudden, you fall, and boom, and you, boy, you lay out. And when you get up, guess what? You're bruised and battered, and one of the things you come away with is a black eye. Thank you, Antonio. Uh, a black eye. Now, think about it. You say, that's crazy. Well, that does happen, doesn't it? Now listen to me, that doesn't work at all. The eye saying, wait, 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 I'm not any good. I'm not going to serve, I'm not going to help the body, I'm not going to do. Who are you hurting? You're hurting yourself. Who did the eye hurt? <laughs> oh, he may have hurt the foot in a sense, but he hurt himself. He hurt himself. A black <laughs> eye. You see, things don't work out when we are in competition, when we feel a sense of inferiority. You know, the Bible says this is not to be an area of competition. Because listen, the Bible is rife with examples in the New Testament church even where there's some competition, where some fear inferior, some don't, and some are trying to be superior, and there's a conflict, and there is this competition happening. God didn't design it for competition. You know what he designed it to be? Community. (laughs) Working together. Diverse members bringing, not inferior, but bringing their different, uh, different gifts, different abilities, working them together for the benefit of the body. See, when we feel a sense of inferiority, we try to make someone else feel like they are an inferior, it produces an unhealthy body. God's point is clear. As number seven said it, we all need one another. It doesn't matter your stature among men. It doesn't matter if your role and responsibility heap on you accolades and praise. It is needed. Your role and responsibility is needed. It's a great and important part of the body. No member can become independent. It just doesn't work. When that happens, we have a serious problem that leads to sickness or death. In fact, God warns about it through Paul here. Look down at verse 22. Notice it. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. They're needed. That's what we're saying. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. In other words, we work to care for them. We work to honor them, to integrate them. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need. 
But God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. You see, we not only need to, uh, we not only need one another, but we are to care for one another. These verses express the idea of giving honor, of making other members look good. In other words, we are concerned about how the body appears and look and what it's doing. We are to take care of the body by taking care of the members of the body. Literally one member taking care of another. Hey, what happens? What happens when somehow, some way, and, and maybe you're walking somewhere, and, and uh, this, this happened the other day uh, to me, but you're walking along, and all of a sudden you get a splinter in your foot. Aren't you thankful that you have a hand to be able to get that splinter out? To take care of your foot. I mean, you have a hand. It would be very hard, and, and it would probably be humorous if we tried with our other foot to pull out the splinter. Some of you are probably pretty good with your toes and coordinated on that thing. But I sure am grateful that I have a hand that, boy, I get a splinter in my foot and, and the foot is hurting. Guess what? The whole body knows it. You grab it, ah! And, you're, and boy, you may scream, you may cry, depending on your personality. And, and, and boy, you want, and you use your hand to help. Hey, friend, do you realize that that's how God designed the church? The body of Christ. We could go on with the examples. I sure am glad that when I get an infection, no matter where it is in my body, my immune system and the organs that, that help produce that and work with it fight the infection. I'm sure I'm glad my nose can smell a skunk before I cross its path. I, I'm grateful for that, okay? I really am. I'm thankful these eyes can see problems, i.e., we talk about a step or an obstacle in our way, in our path. I sure am glad that before I trip over it, my eyes see it. The body taking care of one another. Uh, the members taking care of one another. The body taking care of itself. Uh, that's how God designed our human body. And yet it's also how God expects his body, the church, to operate. So let's put it this way. Number eight. Let's put it into terminology for us. Every member of the body is both needed and to be cared for by the other members. That mutual dependence. And now we kind of add that. We said that before, but now we add that word care care taking care of the other one uh, looking out for it look at verse 25 notice how it's described here that there should be no schism in the body but that the members should have the same care one for another not clicks not somebody who I, I treat just special but this person over here i ignore this member no 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 it isn't that my my hand ignores my foot but it takes good care of my ear no that's not what's pictured here every member takes care one of another literally now notice verse you, you say well what does that care look like look at verse 26 and whether one mem member suffer all the members suffer with it for, or one member be honored, and all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ, and members in particular diversity. Man, what a great truth. And I, I can't help but thank you, really, the last week or so, we, uh, we live this out as a church family, caring for one another. When those who, how, how did it put it? When one suffers, all members suffer. Uh, Tricia losing her mom and the church, the ladies coming and just caring and showing care and others, men too, just showing care. Then at the same time, just a week before, Kennedy's welcome a new little one in, into their life, even though Sean's 40-something. Uh, and uh, 
<laughs> oh, did I say that out loud? Anyway, uh, <laughs> I have to give them a hard time, okay? And uh, they welcomed a new little one. We rejoice with them, you know, provide meals. That is a body, isn't it? I mean, that's how a body operates. And boy, your, your hand looks out for your foot. Your, your eye looks out for your ear. And it looks out for it. It takes care of it. That's how God designed it. And it's a beautiful thing when it works like it should. And God designed the church to be just that way. Suffer with members that suffer. Rejoice with the members that rejoice. Be touched by their infirmities. Celebrate with their victories. And then we add to that list. Do you remember a few sermons ago, we talked about the one another commands in Scripture? that are fulfilled in the context of the church. We are the lab for these things being put into the practice. What were they? Pray for one another, love one another, provoke one another into good works, forgive one another, bear one another's burdens, confront one another, rebuke one another, edify one another, reprove one another, instruct one another, restore one another, prefer one another, be kindly affectioned one to another, receive one another, be like-minded towards one another, care for one another, fellowship with one another, comfort one another, greet one another, submit one to another. Do you think that maybe God is saying we need one another? Do you just think that God is saying no Christian ought to be an island to themselves? You ought to be a healthy, thriving, giving, caring member of the body. That's God's plan. That's what he is saying here. Every part, every member doing its part for the body. What is it? You say, well, I can't teach. I I can't sing. No, 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 no. It's ministering to one another. Now listen to me carefully. We didn't gather here at Fostoria Baptist Church this morning just to go to church. We didn't gather this morning just to hear some beautiful music, though we did hear that. We didn't gather to just listen to the ramblings of this crazy preacher, though we are hearing that. We gathered, listen, we gathered not to go to church, we gathered to be the church. We gathered to be the church. You see, we gathered to do what the body was intended to do by God. To see every member this morning ministering to the other members of the body, building it up, strengthening it, making the body healthy so the body could do what the head, that is Christ, wants to accomplish. It is as simple. Listen to me. It's as simple as a handshake with a word of encouragement. See, there's some members, there's, there's some things in my body, you don't see it. There, my, my, my intestines and other things, my liver, my kidney are working even now, I hope, uh, in my physical body. You don't see that, and I think we're all glad we don't see that, amen? And uh, that's fantastic. We don't see those things going on. Can I tell you, in the same way in a church family, in, in the family of God, in the body of Christ, this morning, you may have gone up to somebody and shook their hands and just given them a word of encouragement. You know what you were doing? You were edifying the body. It may have been as simple as that. It may have been as simple as a conversation in which you express care and concern. How was your week? Hey, are you feeling better? Hey, you had a prayer request a couple of weeks ago about this. and how that, How's that going for you? It could have been ministering to the physical needs of the babies in the nursery. 
That's part of serving the... And boy, do the babies need, <laughs> have a lot of needs, amen? It could be as simple as that. It could be ministry and song. Playing an instrument, singing the choir. It could be teaching a lesson in Sunday school. It could be a helper in Sunday school. It could be an usher, helping people find a seat, collecting the tithes. Or it may be many things that I haven't even mentioned. But that is the church. What is that? Now listen, that is the body. The breathing, living, thriving body of Christ. So am I a member, number one? That's the question. Then number two... Am I doing my part? Am I caring one for the other, the members of, of the body of Christ? Am I serving? He gives a warning in verse 25. Did you catch it? We read it already. Paul does. Verse 25, he said this, that there should be no schism in the body. Why? Because of those attitudes, those wrong thoughts about uh, diversity and inferiority and dependence. If we have wrong views, if we don't understand that, yes, we're diverse, but that diversity does not make us inferior, it makes us better if we lose that understanding. If we lose sight of that and we then have a sense of inferiority or superiority, it can cause a schism, division, or putting it in the sense or the analogy of a body, it can cause an infection in the body. What does that mean? Well, within the body, there's no room for arrogance. There's no room for pride. There's no room for envy. There's no room for competition or what we might call rivalry. There's no room for self-sufficient independence. There's no room for disunity. And there's no room for disloyalty to the head, Christ. And loyalty to the head means loyalty one to another. Millions of examples abound. We know this well. Millions of examples abound that diversity can naturally lead to what? Conflict. Would you say, by looking at America today, that diversity leads to unity or diversity leads to conflict? Conflict. I find it interesting. I've talked about it before, I think on a Wednesday night. Um, just this past with the election and everything else, I, I heard how liberals refer to the, the part of the nation between the West Coast and the East Coast as flyover land. <laughs> in other words, they, they don't care much about the Midwest. And sometimes we can have a, a similar view of maybe the, the East Coast and the West Coast. Hey, diversity, most naturally, in its natural state, it produces conflict. But listen to me. When people are spirit-filled, they are spirit-controlled, diversity in the church is designed to lead to enhanced blessings. You put a choir here, it's quite boring if everybody sings uh, melody. Okay? They just sing the one that those of us who can't read notes as well, we sing that too. But if you got a choir and they all sing the same notes, and, and it would be a little boring. But my friend, it is wonderful. As the choir demonstrated last week in Easter, boy, you get all these different parts singing. And sometimes even within sopranos, you can have two lines, one line for a high soprano. And, and you can have a diversity. And boy, it enhances the music. I could sit right here and we could have one instrument play. And it'd sound pretty good. But boy, you hit fill up the orchestra with instruments and doesn't that sound so much more beautiful but what happens if they're all playing something different you can hand out earplugs but boy when they work together and they play together they're in unity that diversity makes for something very very special you know what the church is it's a place where many diverse people come together 
We work together, we live together, we serve together, and we care one for another. And what does it produce? A very beautiful thing that reflects the beauty of our God. That's His design. That's the church here on earth. That's what God wants it to be. I came across this, this quote that I think has right, was rightly put or well stated. Diversity leads to disunity when the members compete with one another. But diversity leads to unity when the members care for one another. There is grace given. There is benefit of the doubt. There is love in action as member to member taking care of one of another. Whether it's a church or a family, a marriage or a college or even a nation, God wants the diversity of members to bring greater blessings. See, diversity, as God designed it, is to be a means of blessing, not a conflict and division. What do we say verse 18 said? But now God has set the members, diverse members, members in particular. He has set the different members, every one of them in the body, as it hath pleased him. You've been placed where it pleases God. Now you say, Pastor Henry, what do we do with this? What's our takeaway? I, uh, as I like to put it, what's our uh, takeaways for today? Number one, do this. Number one, embrace you. Embrace you. You say, what do you mean by that? Well, you are the member, diverse, particular, that God created, designed, and equipped you to be, gifted you believe to be. So know your gifts. Pray about it. Seek the scriptures and, and know what your gift is. Discover where God has placed you. Many different ministries, many different aspects where God has in his local church for you to be placed. Accept then your role and responsibility and embrace them. You have a specific purpose within the body. Find it, embrace it, and then perform it. So find you, embrace you, who you are, what God designed you to be as it has pleased him. Then, this is important. Once you know who you are, your roles and your responsibility, your gifts, be you. Don't be somebody you aren't. Be you. If you're an ear, don't try to be a foot. If you are an eye, don't try to be a hand. Be who you are, who God created you to be. Be the best you there is. Let, let's just make an example, not only physically, but also in a church. Okay, let's take Brother Jerry Judd back here, okay? If Jerry Judd tries to be Nancy Letourneau, yeah, that's kind of funny, okay, but anyway, uh, if Jerry Judd tries to be the Nancy Letourneau of Fostoria Baptist Church, the best he will ever be is an imitation of Nancy Letourneau, and probably not a very good one. I haven't heard Jerry play the piano, but he might be able to. I don't know. Uh, uh, but he's not going to be a very good one. See, if we try to be somebody we aren't, we'll never be as good as they are of being who they are. Put it this way, I, I know we need to talk in riddles. The, the fact is this. Jerry alone can be the best Jerry Judd there is. See, me coming and trying to be a Jerry Judd, I can't be the best Jerry Judd there is. I can be an imitator. I can try it, but I cannot be the best Jerry Judd. Who can be the best Jerry Judd? Jerry Judd. Just as who can be the best Nancy Letourneau? Nancy Letourneau. 
And it takes a Jerry Judd, it takes a Nancy Letourneau, it takes many other members to form a body to be different members. So embrace you and then be you. Be you. Be the member that God has called you to be. Embrace you and be you. And then finally, here it is. This is key. Because if you embrace who you are, that's great. If you say, okay, I'm going to be me, that's great. Well, here's how it shows itself exponentially. Now, practically, it comes out is this. Spend you. Spend you. We need to adopt the attitude of Paul when it came to ministering to the body. What did he say? He said this. And I will gladly spend and be spent for you. 2 Corinthians 12, 15, first part. That's caring, isn't it? I mean, that's caring, isn't it? Hey, that's Paul saying, I- I'm going to care. I'm going to spend. Every member of our physical body spends and gives for the body to live and live well. You name the member of your body, and you can be assured it gives. So find your place in the body. Find where you are to minister, your ministry. Find your role. Find your gift. And then spend you for the health of the body. Allow yourself to be spent, to be used up. To say, okay, God, here I am. You have, and here's the key, verse 18. You have placed me where it pleases you. Yes or no? Do you want to please God today? I hope the answer is yes. He has pleased him to place you somewhere to be used, to be spent as a member of the body. And boy, if it has pleased him to place me, then we obviously know it would please him to spend me where he has placed me. Simple logic. So will you be spent today? Be you or embrace you, excuse me, be you. Don't be somebody else. Know your gifts. Then be you and then spend you. We ought to have a heart to please God today. Hey, can we purpose as a church, as a, as a family of God, can we purpose each one of us to be the best member we can be for a healthy body so that the head, Jesus Christ, is represented to all? So how about it? Will you be you today? Will you embrace you today? And will you spend you today for the health of the body and for the goal of the head, which is Christ. Father, we thank you so very much for this word and this truth. And Lord, what a great study has been. Father, thank you for what you have created the church to be, what you've designed and masterfully equipped us to do and to accomplish for your glory. Father, I pray that you'd work in our hearts and even this morning. Lord, I pray for the one that is not yet a member of Fostoria Baptist Church. I pray you'd prick their heart. I pray that you would get their attention and you would challenge them about if it is your will to be a part of the local church. Father, if there's a member here today and in all truth and reality, they've yet to get plugged in, as we like to say. They are not being spent for you. Lord, I pray that you would convict that believer. May they see that they are a member, an important member, a valuable member, and that this church needs them. And Lord, I pray that each one of us would not have a sense of inferiority, a sense of superiority, but Father, we would have a heart to care one for another. And Lord, I pray that you would do a mighty work and this, your church, the local manifestation known as Fostoria Baptist Church, I pray that you would allow this body to be healthy and to accomplish much for your glory. 
Bless each member. Father, bless the the member that feels feeble today. Father, bless the member that feels overly spent today. Father, I pray that you be with the member that's just not quite sure where where they uh, fit in, where where they're at. Father, be with the member who feels a little underappreciated today. Lord, I pray that you would work in each heart. You know the need. And then help us to come together as a body and to work for your glory. And Father, I pray that you would bless each and other through it. Bless, Lord, as only you can. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I'll ask you to join me in standing all across the auditorium. The piano begins to play. As God has spoken, I'd encourage you to spend some time with him. Maybe, my friend, it's simply, let's, let's just pray for the body of Christ. Let's pray for our church that God would do a, a great work, that, that He would work as only He can. Maybe it's you, you say, God, I, I'm a member, but I just haven't found my, my spot. I, I haven't gotten plugged in. I, I haven't been spending myself like I need to. Father, help me. I, in the days and weeks to come, the months to come, I want to spend me. Father, help me. I, I need to discover my gift. I, I need to find my role and responsibility. Lord, show me that. Make that clear to me. Hey, whatever your prayer is this morning, would you just spend some time now? You pray for one another. Maybe you just in this prayer time, you'd care for another member. You pray for them. May God make us the body he designed us to be.